Love to welcome everybody today. Uh, welcome to the snow of New England. Man, we had an awesome day on Wednesday and poof, it was gone in a second. Just give a shout out to Greg. Hey, I hope you're doing good down in the sun. Um, but everybody joining us online, my name is Kevin Giravati. And thank you guys for joining us today. So today we are talking about <clears throat> unbelievable love like Jesus. And one of the incredible things is that the God we serve really is unbelievable. When we think about his love, we think about how he loves us. It's incredible. Uh, we're going to be looking and focusing today on, there we go, uncomplicated. Two things that we're going to be looking at is what is God's heart towards children and orphans? And how should this shape us in the way we invest our lives? Uh, one of my, one amazing scripture verse uh, that's hit home to me recently is Psalm 127, three through five, where it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward of him. Children are born to a young man. They are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, in the recent three years, I have become a dad. And I'm going to tell you this, on November 13th, both 2019 and 2020, yes, the exact same day, my life changed forever. Now, people, you know, you can grow up in, and I've been around kids my whole life. I've worked in youth ministry, uh, been to camps since I was, you know, 15, 16, working with kids. But my life definitely went through a turn on November 13th. And I don't know, I mean, a lot of you guys in here have probably experienced the joy of having a kid, but it is surreal. The fact that you created, helped create something, you know, that's alive right in front of you. And you look down and you look into these eyes of this person who's alive that has this amazing destiny. And you look and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a piece of me inside them is absolutely incredible. There's nothing like it. And even being a dad, right, the, the most the thing that I think I look forward to every day is not that I love work, but when I go home, my two kids see me coming, all right? And they're like, daddy. And oh my gosh, it is the greatest thing ever. They come up, they give me hugs. Even my little one, uh, is Winter and Nadia there, all right? And, and they just squeeze me and give me a hug. And there's, there's nothing on this earth that is more valuable than that. And so for the first time in my life, I feel like, man, I can now start to feel, start to understand the heart of our father towards us, right? And I, I mean, I think I felt it before, but now that I'm a dad, I can start to imagine, man, how much God cares about us because every single one of us are his kids, aren't we? And we sang that song that, that God's for us, you know, and he's the way maker. I'm thinking, man, if anything goes before my daughters, man, I'm ready to clear things out, all right? I don't want anybody to touch them because I love them so much. Now imagine how much God loves kids. You know, all of us too, but even the little ones, right? Um, and so much so that in Matthew 18, 1 through 10, the disciples come to him and they say, hey, God, who's the greatest in the kingdom? You know, the first thing that God does is he grabs a child and he uses the child as an example. And I know we've been watching uh, some videos from The Chosen. We're going to watch a video actually from the director of The Chosen, uh, Dallas. And we're going to watch this three-minute video. And what I love about this video is he goes through um, 
Matthew 18, and that's the main verse that we're going to be looking at today. But his wife too writes him a note, and it's so powerful. Even though it's not the video uh, or the chosen itself, if you want to watch that episode, it's episode 103, actually the third episode. It's a pretty good one. But I want you to hear Dallas's heart. I want you to hear um, even the heart of his wife in this. So just take a minute and let's watch this together. We are shooting the majority of episode 103, which is the episode that um, I wrote in two days because it was something that had been on my heart for a while. Um, Jesus' heart for children. And I wanted to capture an episode that not only captured Jesus by himself, out alone, which is something that we've rarely seen in any Jesus projects, but also interactions with children. And my wife sent me a text the morning of so that when I met with the children, child actors, that I was reminded of why we were doing this episode and it was something that I wanted to share with them actually too to let them know why we were doing this episode. And she texted me and she said, a reminder when you have a moment of what God feels towards the children on your set today, praying you'd be Jesus to them, praying they'd meet the real Jesus as a result of their time with you. And then she shared with me these verses which were about what Jesus said about children to his disciples who were looking down and dismissing children, which is how in that culture, children were kind of seen and not heard and usually dismissed. Calling to him a child, Jesus put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Meaning children have a special connection to the Father. Meaning children are, be, are to be protected. And that adults are to actually be more like children when it comes to their faith. That's a pretty humbling thing to hear. It's a pretty daunting thing to hear, um, to be reminded that not only are you to treat children with way more honor and respect and care than maybe our instinct would be, would have, but to also make sure that in our faith and our walk that we are actually pursuing a more childlike faith, that we are actually pursuing less human maturity and more wonder and more awe and more purity in our learning and in our, in our walk. And so it was not only a helpful reminder to the kids and to the actor playing Jesus, but also to me as we're, uh, as we're approaching episode 103. Well, it, was, it was really beautiful to me in a, in a touching way to, to open up uh, this message too. Um, now, in Matthew 28, the disciples come to Jesus and basically they're saying, hey, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you got to become like a child. And I just want to think about that. Having two kids of my own, right? My kids look to me for everything. Like they want food. And what do they do? <laughs> they start crying or whining or point to something, right? They need anything. And they know that their dad's got them. And, and I needed to make that connection today because what you guys, what we were singing this morning, that he's our way maker, that God knows what we need. He has us. And just like I'm the father of two young baby girls, all right? And I can provide for anything that they want or anything that they need. So too can your dad. 
right? Um, but God's saying here too, or Jesus is saying in Matthew 18, it's a challenge. He says, unless you turn from your sins and become like these little ones with that awe, that wonder, that trust, that abandonment, right? That you're not even going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. And anyone that wants to be great, anyone that uh, they need to humble themselves like the little one, and then they'll be great. And that, that's just an incredible challenge. And then one thing, I, I, I've read this a lot, but I've never caught verse 10. Did you, did you hear what it said? It talked about, man, the, the angels of these little kids are in my presence and God knows everything that's going on with these kids, right? Everything that's happening. He sees them. And that, that's in another incredible thing too, right? Also, uh, skipping down to verse five, anyone who welcomes these little children uh, on my behalf is welcoming me. And I just thought, man, Wow. Anytime that, that one of us is welcoming a little child, one of these little ones that God loves unbelievably, it's like we're welcoming God. The way that we treat this little one is the way that we're treating God. Think about that. God sees it. He knows that. And I just think about me as a dad. I watch when people interact with my kids. And the way that people love them and invest in them. You know how much that means to me as a father? It means everything. And, uh, and I want to just take a minute like right here and thank every single one of you guys who invest in kids. And one of the things that I believe that Shiloh is known for is the amazing, incredible kids ministry that we have here. I mean, one of the first times I ever heard about Shiloh was, was from kids camp. And then I realized, oh my gosh, the lady who's running kids camp, her sister was my youth pastor growing up. Didn't even know that. Blown away. But I can understand now because Kathy Saller is incredible. But all you guys who take a week out of the year and come here, invest in the 100, 300 kids, whatever that we have, that's amazing. You're teaching, you're, you're growing them, you're loving on them, you're investing in them. All the parents here who... Uh, invest in their kids who change those poopy diapers, who care about them. I mean, these kids that we have, they're really gods and we're just stewards of it. We're really loving God's kids too. Um, but even in you guys who are investing in youth, everybody who takes their time, whether they're teachers or, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many different coaches, uh, people who work with kids, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because I'm also excited. And the reason why I love being a part of this church, you know, selfishly, I'm excited that my kids are going to have an amazing experience. And when, when we were thinking about, man, which church do we want our kids to grow up in? What church do we want to be a part of? Our kids came to the top of that list. I mean, I would rather go to a church that is terrible, but has an amazing program because I want my kids to experience that. And I'm telling you, when I was growing up, I got to go to a church that was unbelievable. I remember so many things, so many people who took time and invested in us as young people. And it made the biggest difference in some of my greatest and best memories. So every person that does that here, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, so moving on. And, and, you know, we're in Black History Month and I was watching ESPN and this quote came up from... Jackie Robinson, I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And that's so powerful. A life is not important except in the impact that it has on another life. And I want you to just think about that too, just for a moment. A life is not important except the impact it has on another life. 
You know, when I look around uh, this city too, one of the things that's hit me hard in the last couple weeks is I've got to meet with other pastors and meet with other churches. And I started asking, man, how's your youth group? How are things going at your church? And one of the saddest things was youth groups that used to be 200, people that have, you know, huge groups. Right now, it's decimated. It's so sparse and it's scary to me. And then I look around at, at, at Trinity, at Central, at Memorial, at West. And you know, not one of those schools has a Bible study happening right now. And that's scary. And I look at the future. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in 15, 10, 20 years? Where's, gonna, where's the next generation? Where are they going to be? And that's one thing where you know, uh, uh, being called here and to be a youth leader, I'm starting to meet with all the other youth pastors and youth leaders. I'm like, guys, we got to wake up. We got to do something about this. So every person that's here that invests in another life, that's huge. And I know that, that God is really appreciative. But one thing that I want us to challenge us today too, is that we always got to be looking about to the next generation and how we're passing the baton on to them. Every person in here, you know, who's been a Christian and who's lived the godly life, God has given you wisdom and experience and he's filled you with his love. And I know as a young person, when I would sit in the pews and I, and I would go to church, I would meet so many great, amazing people. And there are, are people that even walked through the church or, or just lived their life of excellence or they would do like some kind of dra drama or cantata. And I'll just tell you one story. I remember there was a guy by the name of Kevin, all right? And we had an Easter cantata every year that would happen at our church. And that guy, Kevin, he played Jesus in the Easter cantata. You know, my name being Kevin too. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But I watched him how he lived his life. And I was like, man, someday I want to be like that guy. You know, and I had youth pastors that invested in me. I had, I had Sunday school teachers that invested in me. I had youth leaders that would take me under their wing and, and, and show me and teach me so many great things. But I can tell you, I wouldn't be or the person I am today or have the experience I had today if it wasn't for all those people investing in me. And I believe that that's God's heart. He's looking at every single one of us and he wants us to take what we have and invest in the next generation. And one, last, one thing that God showed me too, he, he was reminding me when I was teaching of this, he said, Kevin, he said, I've given every single person gifts, talents, and abilities. And I've given them time. And we, we each get 24 hours in one day. And some of us have some more resources than others. But he said, you know what? That really isn't the big deal. Because I'm going to tell you, the people that invested in me honestly had no no correlation with how much money that they made. It really didn't matter. When they invested in me, it was really the time that they spent that was so valuable and so life-changing. And God was saying, hey, Kevin, don't you realize that, you know, and, and as I said, when, when you welcome one of these young people, you're also welcoming me. What God wants is, he says, don't you realize that when you invest in this next generation, when you invest in these young people, don't you realize that when you get to heaven, I'm going to explode that investment. And I would think about it. I was like, man, yeah, if I were, you know, a father, and I was thinking about, man, who in the world, when I get to heaven, would I want to bless the most? And I was like, Man, the people invested in my kids. That's probably the most important thing um, when you think about that. So I just want you to think about that for a second too. I'm going to ask you this question. 
How much of your resources have you invested in God and his kingdom? And how much of your time, your money, and talents go to loving others? And within the last week, uh, I had the sad um, you know, opportunity of, of watching uh, Arya's grandmother pass away. And it was a really unique experience. I've never experienced this before. But we got a phone call that, that she was passing away uh, down in Sudbury, Mass. And, and my mother-in-law said, hey, you can either come today or tomorrow. But Ari's like, no, we got to go now. And uh, so, so we, we grab everything. We drive down there and we caught her uh, within 35 minutes. She had taken her last breath. It was so sad. But one thing that was amazing, that whole, her whole family was there surrounding her, watching her. And the only thing really that she left behind was her family. The legacy that she had. You know, and, and I thought about that for a minute. You know, when we're sitting on our deathbeds and we're looking at we've done, what we've done in this life, I feel like that's really the only thing that's going to matter. So I want you to watch uh, this short video too. Um, it's by Eric Ludi, but it, it, it's pretty powerful. You see, there is a caste system in heaven, but it's exactly backwards from the caste system this world naturally creates. This world applauds and esteems the wealthy and the powerful and the privileged and the talented. That's not how God's system works. Jesus came and he proved it. He took the lowest spot and he was God. The bigger you get in the kingdom of heaven, the lower position you take. The special ones in God's kingdom are the weak ones. The ones who can't fight for themselves. The ones who can't speak for themselves. The ones that don't have someone to feed them. The ones that don't have someone to protect them. And Jesus says, those are the prized ones. And you treat them as the royalty here on earth. And the way you treat them is ultimately the way you're treating me. What you do unto the least of these is how you're ultimately treating your God. Christianity is taking what has been purchased by the cross, the behavior of heaven, nature of Jesus Christ, and transplanted it into the heart of men and women down here on earth. So that they behave not like this world, but like heaven. And so when this world sees them, they're different. There is something odd about them. They are from another realm. What does it look like? It's noble. It's brave. It's courageous. It's selfless. It is willing to spend itself for the weak. Sorry, (laughs) rough ending. But to say here that this generation needs you. This generation needs people who are going to invest in them, invest in their life. And, and looking forward here too, when you continue to read down, um, you can really see the heart of the father because he warns people too. He says, hey, but if, if one of you causes one of the least of these, one of the little ones who trust in me to sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And really you see the heart of the father, how much he cares about him and how much he's saying, hey, how you're treating these little ones is really how you're treating me. And, and dare you do anything to hurt one of these little guys. And I just imagine even my kids, man, if someone would have do anything to, one, to hurt them, oh my gosh, like, wow, like that would be terrible. And even in Isaiah chapter one, he opens up Isaiah, you know, 
Israel's decimated, but you read down and God's saying, hey man, guys, I don't even care about your sacrifices. I don't care about, you know, <laughs> all these worship things that you're doing, all these uh, events that you have where you're, where, where you're trying to worship me. He says, the one thing, the things that I really care about the most is justice and looking after the orphans and the widows. And the other part that I want to talk to you guys about is God's heart for the orphans. And I know that uh, Pastor Ed um, mentioned this verse before, but in James 1.27, it says, the pure and genu- genuine religion uh, in the sight of God, the, fa- the Father means by caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let this world corrupt you. And basically, I never really knew, you know, really had a full understanding of what that verse meant, except for the first time that I went on a mission trip to Jamaica. I went down there and uh, we went to an orphanage. And I'm telling you, there is no greater thing, I think, in the world than loving little orphan kids who don't have a mom and a dad. I've gone on so many vacations, so many incredible vacations to Alaska. I've been to see, you know, the Rocky Mountains up there. I've been down to the Cayman Islands, got to go snorkeling and and see the wonders of the sea. And I went on this mission trip and it was the one time where this whole week had absolutely nothing to do with me. When I went there, there was these group of kids, you know, 20 or, or, or 30 or so like of them. And these kids grow up without a mom and a dad. And you're there for a week, you know, and you're there to serve them, to love them, to teach them. But every day I woke up, these kids were right there at the door and they were screaming, Kebeen, Kebeen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they were so excited to see me. And I was so excited to see them. And I got through that week and I was filled with so much joy and so much happiness. And I didn't understand it. I was like, God, why is this week? Why has this week been greater than any other week that I've ever lived in my entire life? Why is this better than any vacation I've ever taken? And God pointed me to this verse. And he said, Kevin, because this is my heart and this is the reason why you were created. It's to love like me. And I was blown away by that. And and since then, I've gotten opportunities to go to Haiti and spend a summer there. I've gotten opportunity to go to Haiti too and, 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 and spend Christmas there with orphan kids. And I'm gonna tell you, there's no greater way that I wanna spend my days than loving kids like that. And when you think about that, when you think about an orphan kid, and I just wanna put um, you know, yourself in their shoes for a second. Imagine, oh, like waking up one day, you know, when you're a little kid and you don't have a mom or a dad. You don't have somebody who you think, you know, they're, you know, looking out for you or are they ready to provide for your meal or looking out, you know, knowing it's going to protect you, you know, looking for guidance in your life. That's got to be one of the scariest things ever. And you're a kid. Can you imagine God's heart, how much God's heart breaks for this and and why he he makes such a big deal that the religion that he loved is when we look after these little ones, these weak ones. And I know here in Manchester, because of the opioid crisis, because of so many terrible things that, that happen, there's a lot of parents that are either super neglectful or not doing a good job of taking care of their kids or kids that are almost completely abandoned. And I know that God's there and he's saying, hey, 
Who's going to be my hands and feet? Who's going to go before me? Who's going to go look out for little Johnny, little, little David? And I think about, man, if those were my kids and say something happened to me and I was up in heaven, I'd be desperate. I'd be like, Lord, you got to send someone awesome. You got to send someone great to look after Winter, to look after Nadia. And I guarantee you, when I was up there, every gift that God would give me that I reward or whatever, I would trade it and give it to those people out of gratefulness for what they would do to my kids. So think about it. When there's little kids out there and they're suffering and they're hurting, how much God cares. And the crazy thing in this world is most of the pain and suffering that happens is all stuff that we've created or responsibilities that we haven't followed through with. But God's looking at his church. He's looking at his people and he's saying, hey, where are you? And I just want you to watch just another uh, 24 seconds. He says, uh, remember, you call yourself my body. I'm not there except through you. Your hands, Eric, those are my hands. Your feet, those are my feet. That heart, that's my heart. And if it's not beating, my heart's not beating on this earth anymore. I work through my body. I'm a father to the fatherless through my body. I rescue the weak and the vulnerable through you. And if you're not doing it, no one is. If you ever want to go back and watch uh, that whole video, it's about seven minutes long called Impraved Indifference by Eric Ludi. Super good. I have time to show the whole thing. But what was he saying there? He's saying, listen, if my body's not there loving these people, who is? Who's going to do it? And the sad thing is that we do live in, we live in the least church state in the country. So there's, there's not a ton of us there, but the need is so great. And uh, what I want to challenge you guys with is, man, what can I do as a person? You know, and I believe that every single person in this auditorium should have a hand and be invested in, in young people. Because you have gifts, talents, and abilities. You've been given things by God that aren't just for you, but are to be passed on. One thing, the first thing I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm asking you guys to do is encourage young people. Encourage them. Man, when young people come up and they just see a smiling face, they see people and you're exuding God's love, that makes an amazing difference. I'm going to ask you to pray for this generation. This generation needs your prayers so desperately. I mean, through COVID, they, they've been isolated from their friends. They're, they're, they're more stressed out. They have more anxiety. You know, they're not getting the education that they need. They're not meeting. They're, they're, they haven't even been even allowed in some cases to come to church because they don't feel well, you know, or someone in their house is sick. This generation needs you. And I'm asking you to pray. And I'm going to give you an, another call out. There is a group of us every single Sunday morning that meets downstairs in the youth room. And I get that it's hard to, to come, you know, an, hour, an extra hour early to service. But it's my heart that it wouldn't just be five or six of us praying there every Sunday. But we have an army of prayer warriors lifting up our kids, lifting up our community, and lifting up and, and praying and, seeing what, and asking, God, how can you use me? God, can you bless this service so when people come in here that they, they, they can get a touch from you? They can... You can meet them like where they're at. God, you're so bigger. We need you. We need a generation that's going to be desperate, is going to be willing to pay the price and pray. Nothing that God ever is going to do on this earth is going to happen, yet we pray. And there's kids ministry. I, 
It's so fun. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I hang around kids, like it's awesome. I love being around them. I love being around their smiles. If you go over to kids' ministry, man, those kids, when, when the praise and worships turn on, they're down, they're dancing, bouncing around. There's so much energy. I, you want to like get younger? You want to, you know, lose a few years? Go over and hang out with kids. There's so much life there and it's so fun. All right, kids camp's coming up. I guarantee you Kathy Souter is going to be recruiting you. All right, and she should be. What greater investment can you have into investing in them? Youth ministry, all right? And I'll put a plug in, all right? And if you feel called to invest in teenagers, that might be a little scare for you. I'll tell you this though. When I was teaching, the scariest thing I ever did, someone asked me to do gym for like the three and four-year-olds. Oh my gosh, I was wind way over my head. Line the kids went at one end of the gym, Chad tried to run to the other end. Half of them made it, all right? <laughs> but that was scary. Teenagers aren't so much for me, but yes. Um, and then even there's Roka kids. We took... Um, a bunch of us last Thursday to go, my wife and my two daughters came and it was amazing. Do you know my kids are one and two years old and the kids from Roka like scooped them up, right? And they were like mom and dad, right? For the next like hour and a half. Uh, but you get to go there. You get to have a meal with them. You get to love on them. You get to play games with them, right? It's another opportunity uh, within our, our city where kids are being reached and foster love. And I'm just going to go to this next slide and come back. Um, Foster Love. This is an event that's coming up on March 19th. And don't let it scare you. Just because you go to this event, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a foster parent. But there are so many organizations that are coming alongside moms and dads who are investing in these kids. And, and, And think about it. When you have a kid, it is a ton of work. Moms out there, every single one of you, God bless you. You do so much. The whining, the screaming, all right? The feeding, the changing of diapers. You know, all the things, all the hassles that you have to deal with, all the things that you're teaching these kids. God bless you. These people who take young kids in that aren't their own, a lot of these kids come with baggage, who come with issues. We need to come alongside those families and find out the needs that they have and how we can help them. And this is going to be an opportunity to do that between 6 and 7 on March 19th, and there will be child care provided. All right? And the last thing that I want to say, one of the greatest things we can do is be a living example. How you as an individual lead your life, it makes a difference. Because I can tell you, the kids are watching. And if you do something and you're amazing at it, like even that that guy, Kevin, who was up on stage and he played Jesus, I took notice. I took notice of of the the young men in in my church and I idolized a lot of them. And every young person has been given a gift, talent, and ability and has a destiny on them. And there's a lot of young people and some young people who are going to be called to one day take your place or be called to do something similar to you. And what greater way to take those kids under their wing and say, hey, this is a way that you can do this with excellence. This is a way that I can help you out. You know, and there's so many opportunities for that. And uh, just give one more plug. There's an event coming up on March 12th from 12 to 3. This is a prayer event where, where young people in this region will be praying for this generation. And I want to ask you to uh, lift this up in prayer um, because uh, we need something to ignite this young generation. We need a spark. Because right now, it doesn't look good. <laughs> like what was built up so much before COVID has been decimated. And we need to reinvest in this area in our community. So 
with that said, I don't think I can go back here. There we go. Um, oh, too far. I just wanted to leave you guys with this. Our young people need all of us. It really does take a village to raise a child. There's so many things that they need. There's so many uh, living examples they need to have, so many life lessons that, that we need along the way. And God has given every single one of you guys something unique. And when you have that heart, God, help me to love these little ones. Help me to love them like you love them. I guarantee you, God's gonna find an opportunity or a way to invest in them. Whether it's your niece, your nephew, your own kid, or kids here at youth group, or kids in the community, we're surrounded by young people. But let us have God's heart to them. Let us, the way that we live our lives, be a living example for them. Let us encourage them and push them onto their destiny. They are our future. What is Shiloh Community Church going to be like in 20 years? What is the city in this, this region of Manchester going to be like in 20 years? What is this world going to be like in 20 years? And the cool thing is that God has all the resources that we need. But what is he looking for? He's looking for us to take time. And time is expensive. Time is very costly because you can invest it in anywhere, anything. But he's asking, will you invest in my little ones? Will you take time and love them like I love them? So I'm asking you today to pray about that. To pray that, that God would give you a vision for that. Because whether it's, it's a lot of time or a little time, all of us needs to be putting resources and effort towards these little guys. In advance, I thank you guys for, again, for all you guys that, that do do that and partake in that. And I know that I have kids that are coming through the ranks. And as a father, I'm already super grateful for all the time, energy that you guys put into them. And, and I want amazing people investing in my kids because more than anything else in the world, I want my kids to be passionate and excited for Jesus. And the more people and the more testimonies they hear about other people and what God's doing in their life, it's going to excite them. Amen. So let's pray. So Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you love us. I thank you so much that you lavish your love upon us. And I pray, God, that you would fill us overflowing, Lord God, with your love this morning. And I pray, God, that that heart that you have for young people, that heart that you have for orphans, for kids, Lord God, who don't have moms and dads, I pray, Lord God, that we would have that same heart. God, and I pray that your church would really be your hands and your feet. Lord God, that we wouldn't walk idly by or, or, or think that the next person passed the buck, that the next person's gonna take care, take care of business, Lord God. But I pray that your church would step up, especially in this community, to love the kids that need your love the most. And I pray for every single young person here. God, I thank you for the people that are investing. I pray that you would just shower these people that are investing with, with overflowing with your love, overflowing with your joy, your peace, Lord God. And I pray that in Sunday school, in, in youth, uh, sorry, whether it's in youth, Lord God, or, or, or with the kids, Lord God, that the, the preachers, Lord God, the, the messages that they hear, Lord, that they will be so radically excited and on fire for you, God, that they would put us to shame. But God, give us the heart 
to love these little ones like you love them today, Father. Let us not neglect them, Lord God, and let us realize how valuable they are to you, how priceless they are, and how much we should be investing in them. In your holy, precious name, Jesus, amen. Well, thank you guys today. And uh, again, thank you all for all that you do. And thank you for joining us online. And uh, we'll see you next time.